Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of two college athletes. He has a wealth of experience to share. Here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 358 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast is one of the many free and inexpensive recruiting education resources that RecruitMe provides. One of the other resources RecruitMe has is the RecruitMe Monthly Newsletter. The RecruitMe Monthly Newsletter gives you excerpts about recruiting from the RecruitMe 3.0 Athletic Scholarship System Manual. It gives you quotes from past episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, links to last month's episodes of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, and recruiting information straight from either the NCA.org, NAI.org, or the NJCA.org websites. It also has screenshots of social media posts that give you a look into other people's advice or insights into recruiting. These social media screenshots from Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram come from coaches, players, parents, and recruiting services. These views come from all sports, at all levels, and are about players of all skills. Today I give you four media posts that caught my eye. I will read you the post and the source, some of the comments about the post, and then my review or insight about the social media post. Before I get into these four posts, I want to invite you to go to recruit-me.com and join the Recruit Me monthly newsletter list. You'll get a monthly email on the first Friday of every month. And oh, did I mention it's free? These four posts are in no order of importance. So here is the first post for discussion. It is from Dan Savet at Dan, C-E-V-E-T-T-E, on Twitter. Dan is the president of PBR New York, Prep Baseball Report of New York, and was a third-round Major League draft pick and played professionally for 11 years. This is what his Twitter account states, at Dan Savet posted. High school baseball players, if you work hard in the weight room, grind it out on the practice field or cages, get serious about your grades, keep your nose down and stay out of trouble, there is a place for you at the next level, 100%. It's up to you to continue your playing career. I like this post, especially because it ends with, it's up to you. RecruitMe's philosophy is that there is a place for athletes that really want to work at it. Most people think that, like at Dan Savette posted, that work in the weight room, the practice field, the training gym, and even the classroom will earn you an opportunity to play in college. That by playing well, college coaches will just find you. Most student-athletes do the work, some more than others, and some are physically more gifted, and some have more intangibles. But the key point, again, is the you part. There are many levels of college athletics, NCAA Division I, Division II, and Division III. There's NAIA, NCCAA, which is the National Christian College Athletic Association, and NJCAA, or the National Junior College Athletic Association. Within the JUCO ranks, there is a Division I, a Division II, and a Division III level. There are even levels within those levels. NCAA Division I has two levels of football, the Bowl Division, FBS, and the Championship Division, FCS. You hear about the Power Five conferences and the mid-majors in college sports. Some sports are stronger depending on the area of the country that they are in. Northern schools have a strong hockey, field hockey, and lacrosse presence. Southern schools have more baseball, softball, and track and field schools. Not that there are not good or even great programs everywhere, but like we found with Parker and Northwestern, the northern temperatures doesn't attract the larger number of baseball players. 
I'm sure there are less major five-star prospects inquiring about Northwestern that are inquiring about the University of Arkansas in baseball. RecruitMe caters to the student-athletes and their families that are not getting letter after letter, email after email, or thousands of likes on Instagram or Twitter. So if you are not a five-star prospect getting attention from SEC teams, then most likely your play on the field, on the court, in the pool, on the pitch, or on the mat, or whatever arena your sport competes in, will not get that much attention. Don't wait for your name to get to a college coach. Getting your name in front of them and then letting your play talk, along with short follow-ups and questions, is the key. So take at Dan Savet's advice. It's up to you to continue your playing career. The second social media post is from Palcios Baseball Clinics Pro. P-A-L-A-C-I-O-S Baseball Clinics Pro. On Instagram, this post is, Remind them you are interested in their program and ask what you can do next. By contacting the school prior to a showcase, doing your best during the event, and following up afterwards, you will set yourself apart from many other players who don't take the time or the effort to do the same. This post is a good follow-up to the previous one that pointed out that you are the key. This Instagram post directs you to make sure you contact college coaches when you go to a showcase, an ID camp, or a tournament. This post also highlights that contacting coaches will separate you from other recruits that don't take the initiative. Remember, especially non-NCA Division I programs and coaches don't have the time, the staff, or the budget to see all the possible recruits. Most of the biggest hurdles for a student-athlete and parents is to promote, or as some see it, marketing a high school student-athlete. When I say this is a hurdle, I mean that many student-athletes and parents don't feel comfortable and think they are boasting or bragging. Most sports rely on stats during games or performances. If you, the student-athlete, earns an award, an all-conference, an all-state, a player of the year, or a player of the week, an academic all-state, or a tournament MVP, or whatever awards a team, tournament, conference, state, or region gives, it is okay to relay those accomplishments to college coaches. But also realize that not every stat is meaningful to a college coach. Sense your stats, but know that college coaches may not know if your stats are relevant based on your competition that you play against. In baseball or softball, a coach told me that batting average as a batter or strikeouts as a pitcher are suspect because of the competition level variation. But he looked at home runs and whether the batter struck out a lot, because if you strike out in high school, you will probably strike out in college. And for pitchers, he looked at walks. If you can't throw strikes in high school, you probably won't throw strikes in college. Now, there are exceptions, and some college coaches fall in love with bat speed, exit velocity, and fastball velocity. If you are way above average, then you will probably get a look. But if you are average among thousands of other players, then your average abilities doesn't excel and throwing strikes won't earn you a look. Other sports have stats and metrics that mean more to coaches. Find out what they are in your sport. So contact college coaches and find out what those coaches are looking for. Another post that caught my eye was a Twitter post from Joe Price III at CoachJP3. Jay is the associate football head coach and passing game coordinator and wide receiver coach at the University of Texas, San Antonio, which is in Division I and in the Conference USA. The post stated, It always amazes me when potential student-athletes don't have questions when coming on unofficial or official visits. It should be an info-gathering experience, not just a sports vacation, right? 
What are some questions that every athlete should ask when visiting programs this summer? Recruit Me and the Athletic Scholarship Podcast want you to be prepared and knowledgeable throughout the recruiting process. This post shows you a frustrated coach that is telling recruits what he expects from a recruit. I'm sure he's not the only college coach that feels this way. Here is your chance to make a college coach's job easier and also make it easier to pick you for his or her school. Here are some Twitter responses to this coach's post. Wendy underscore LRL Beck, that's Wendy with an I, responded, Ask about nutrition and recovery setup. Do they have a fueling station? What about access to trainers for extra treatment? At Baseball Mentors responded, Can you tell me ways in which the administration and the athletic director show that this program matters to them? At Mandy Balduff, NSR, at M-A-N-D-I-B-A-L-D-U-F-N-S-R, said to ask questions about academics, fundraising, mental health care, and suggested to take a notepad and take notes on your visit. At Carrie underscore Timmerman, Carrie with an I, posted that if an offer is made to a recruit, that the recruit should ask if it is a committable offer. A side note, a committable offer for an athletic scholarship refers to an offer that commits a scholarship for one or two years and most likely requires a student-athlete to meet certain academic and athletic requirements. Also, at Carrie underscore Timmerman suggested to ask about your position of play, where you are on the depth chart as you enter the program, and on the academic side, what a class schedule might look like. At Coach Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, threw in to ask, how many scholarships are you giving for high school student-athletes? And how many are you offering at your position of play? Chris, Coach Ace Griggs, with the Twitter handle of at ChrisGriggs9, says to ask the college's graduation rate, what the school's best major for athletes is, how early do underclassmen see the field, and how does player development work? The last response to at Coach JP3's post is from at Coach Tolbert315. Coach hit on that you should ask when academic study hours or study halls are and what does a typical day during off-season and in-season look like. The Athletic Scholarship Podcast has past episodes you can listen to about questions. Listen to episodes 330, 293, 241, and 242. And also listen to the episodes about official and unofficial visits. Episode 225, 226, 271, and you can get all those at recruit-me.com. The main idea is to come out of this post is to be ready to talk when visiting or speaking with college coaches. They want to hear from you. College coaches want to know you and know that you have done research on their program or that you want to know more about their program. I know it is hard for a 16, 17, or 18-year-old to talk about things like this to an adult. And it is hard to talk to a 40 or 50-year-old coach. It is intimidating and awkward. Learning to do this is an important part of recruiting and the learning process. I did an episode about this subject, episode 272, which is the three hard things for a 16-year-old to do. Go and check it out. Also, create a system to have your questions ready for face-to-face -face visits or a phone call with a coach. A system to organize the coach's answers. Either write the answers down as you visit or immediately after the visit. Then you can refer back to them as you make a final decision on your school choice. I found out when I sold cars that people appreciated that I wrote down notes as they told me what their wants and needs were in a car. And then I could include those wants and needs when I recontacted them as we worked through their purchase of their car or truck. 
How many other salespeople were listening and writing down those wants and needs? How many recruits that you are competing with are writing down points of discussion with a coach? This technique is going to be useful during your recruitment and also during your college career and your professional job career. The last post to talk about today is from Facebook and from College Soccer Recruiting Resources for Parents and Players. Egos aside, whether it's NJCAA, NAIA, Division III, Division II, or Division I, for soccer players, any of the above puts you in the top 7% of all players in your graduating class. If you love the game enough to want to continue to play while you get your education, playing in college is a big accomplishment to be proud of. This is true for any sport. One of the comments said, My daughter was being recruited by Division I schools, and she committed to an NAIA. She said playing soccer is a bonus. It's about what kind of education I'm looking for, and it's at the NAIA. I have a personal relationship with a local baseball player, and he just committed to play at an NCAA Division II baseball program. This player played two years of junior college baseball. He had a good freshman year and a great sophomore year as a hitter at this junior college. He really wanted to play for an NCAA Division I team. I encouraged him and his family to create a parameters list of what he wanted in a college experience. He listed his major to study and how far away from home he wanted to go. He sent out some correspondence to colleges, and I knew of four Division I colleges that had communicated with him. He also had NAIA and NCAA Division II coaches contact him. Again, he had a great sophomore year at this junior college. He's a 6'5 outfielder and first baseman and very well built. And I just heard from his dad that he committed to an NCAA Division II college, even though he got offers from some Division I colleges. The NCAA Division II college offered him more scholarship money and guaranteed a two-year scholarship commitment over the one-year offers he was getting from other schools. I'm excited to watch him over the next two years, and I feel either choice would have been the right decision. But his research and his parameters led him to the NCAA Division II school of his choice. Hopefully, I can get a commitment from the family to do an interview with me for the Athletic Scholarship Podcast, and we can get some great information for you to hear. Obviously, there are thousands of social media posts out there, some with good information and some with not so good information, some that pertain to your situation and some not. Don't just look at or follow posts that just show other student-athletes. Follow coaches, follow people that can help you learn about recruiting, and follow me at RecruitMe13. The first post, at Dan Chavette, highlighted that you are the key to your recruitment. The second post highlighted that you should contact coaches before you go to ID camps or tournaments. The post from at Coach JP3 pushes you to be ready for contact with college coaches and be ready to ask questions on visits or on face-to-face -face contacts. And then the last post was to understand that NCAA Division I is great, but playing your sport at any level is special. Do the work to find the best fit for you both academically and athletically. Thank you for listening to the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. Please like or follow on your favorite podcast app and share the Athletic Scholarship Podcast with other players and families that are in the recruiting process. RecruitMe likes for student-athletes and families to get started educating themselves as you enter your freshman year of high school and to continue to learn to adjust your recruitment throughout your high school career and even through your junior college careers if needed. If you have any questions, please contact me, Brent, at recruit-me.com. 
Listen next Tuesday for a celebration on my third year as the owner and CEO of Recruit Me and the host of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. I will review some of the most listened to episodes over the last three years. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.